Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Real Talk, a movie podcast. We are your go-to source for ratings and recommendations of past and present films. I am your host, Wes Jones, podcasting from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Hey, this is Tommy, podcasting straight from Nashville, Tennessee. The movie buddy Conway, podcasting from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Real talk. We are back with a very special episode. And I know what you're thinking. Why are Gabe and Tommy already talking about the Oscars? Didn't the Oscars just end? No, the better question is why are you not talking about the Oscars? (laughs) Exactly. Maybe that's what I should have said. Why are you not already talking about the Oscars? Now, I'll admit it is pretty early in the season, but what Gabe and I want to do is just kind of kick off the Oscar race season because it's really beginning now with all of the film festivals that have been going out and the buzz is building on all these movies because the Oscar campaign season really lasts for five to six months. So we thought it would be fun to kind of take the temperature of the room. Gabe and I kind of talk about where we are at with the year in movies, where this leads us into the next Oscar season, which will be here before we know it. And then really kind of uh, talk about what we think might actually be nominated uh, in the Best Picture category. Maybe even talk about what we think may win. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, We're trying something new out, and I hope you all enjoy it. Because we always love talking about Oscars here. So before we begin, before I bring in Gabe, you may be wondering, where is our Oscar co-host Matt and Nathan? Well, we are sorry. We had to pull this episode together really fast. So, Matt and Nathan, I know you're listening out there. We didn't forget about you. We still love you. You'll be back on the next Oscar episode, I promise. No, 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 you guys, we sent them invitations, but they got lost in the mail. That's a thing that still happens. They they did get lost in the mail. Well, I think we emailed them through our email, Gabe, and I don't even think that works. Yeah, it got lost in the email. It's just like getting lost in the mail. It's very similar. You know, the digital world's a a mixed mash of places. (laughs) Like, it could just go to somebody else's inbox. Yeah, it's it's not our fault. I promise you. We really wanted you on this episode, but it just didn't just happen this a time. Mail, a mail kerfuffle. A mail, yeah, we blame it on the U- U.S. Postal Service. I can't believe they messed <laughs> up. You'll, you guys will be on the next one, I promise. So, all right, so let's switch gears and, of course, bring in Gabe. Gabe, how are you feeling about, you know, this episode? Excited to talk about movies and the Oscars. Let's let's flip over to the audience and talk about what they're thinking right now. They're probably like, how much could these two know about the Oscars? They were just talking about it becoming Oscar season. Well, most people know all the big Oscar movies come out from now to the end of the year. Well, the answer is, people, not much. But we do know what we have seen and what we hope to see. So uh, I am excited to talk about it halfway through the year because I've never done that. I'm like, how is this year shaping up? Is this going to be a good Oscar year? And me and Tommy had very differing opinions on that when we talked about it earlier today. So I'm excited. Awesome. And I think you're exactly right. You know, we're trying something new. And I kind of got the idea from it because I read a lot of the, you know, Oscar buzz articles out there on the Internet. And a lot of them are just talking about where is the race headed? So a lot of them are already doing their kind of Oscar predictions. There's a lot of movies that have been released. There's a lot of movies that are kind of being released right now through, you know, the independent cinemas. And they're getting kind of 
the periodical release will they'll get a wider release soon and there's still a few movies that are coming out in november december but one thing that's interesting about the oscars is it's kind of changed actually gabe you know when we were growing up you know 90s or early 2000s it was very common for a lot of the big oscar movies to be released like at the end of december because you know the end of december 31st is is that's the deadline so remember like you know lord of the rings or Million Dollar Baby or Chicago. Just there's so many movies that got released in December that got a lot of buzz, momentum, and then ended up winning. Well, I feel like the past maybe 10 years that's changed, where a lot of the movies now that seem to be gaining the most buzz and winning are movies that are released like no October or November, or even to your favorite movie, Gabe, last year. Yeah, I was gonna say like the beginning of the year. Was it wasn't it January or February that yeah. it came out? I think it was like February. Um, what was that movie even called? I can't even remember now. The multiverse. Uh, anything, movie. anywhere, all at once. That's it. Yeah, it came out early in the year. So that's kind of changed. So if you notice now, a lot of the big Oscar movies don't actually come out in December. They come out sooner and earlier, which is pretty interesting. Like for example, right now. The Holdovers, which is the new Alexander Payne movie, which is getting a lot of buzz, is being released this weekend in in, in certain cinemas. So it's like this is the time where a lot of these movies are coming out. And and uh, I said that wrong everywhere, everywhere, all at once. But and also, what I was going to ask you, Tommy, is do you think that maybe this is a sign that it's finally shifting in the trend we were hoping it would go in? Like maybe because. At the end of the year, most of the big best picture films that do come out are kind of artsy films. I hate to say it that way, but most of them are. And are we maybe starting to see more of like the regular and the bigger films start to not only be contenders, but win? I think there is an element to that, Gabe. And I think this year, and we're going to talk about this, will actually be a big test to that. Because there are actually some some major films that could are be nominated. Movies. And potentially even win that aren't in that, as you'd call, independent film category, the, the so-called Oscar bait movie, you know? Yeah, it's like it's like we've got our Oscar mold and like our Oscar mold movie always wins. It might not, you know, but it's the same little mold that all these Oscar flicks go into. I'd like to break the mold with like a blockbuster one year. I would, too. Absolutely. We've been kind of raging against the machine about that for, for several years now that the Oscars to stay relevant. They've got to you know, nominate and make winners and for movies, movies that, people that a lot of people see. Yeah. Right. That's the only way it happens. Now, some of it, it's kind of like the chicken or egg thing. Some of it is, well, Hollywood also needs to make movies that are good that people see. I think this is the, this is the year for this test because they actually did that this year. So far, right. they have several movies that are very popular, huge hits, critically acclaimed, have all the buzz, that should be in the running for best picture. So I think this is going to be a great test case for this theory we have. And I think this is a good kind of transition to just what, you know, one thing, the opening thing we want to talk about before we got into our list was just where we think this movie is at from a movie standpoint and how we think the Oscar race is shaping up. So Gabe, I just wanted to, you know, ask you, cause we kind of texted about it a little bit. How do you think this move, this year is going as far as the quality of movies. I was going to correct you. You said movie instead of year the first time, but 
uh, we we did talk about this, and I really think this is a fun year in movies. It's had a lot of big movies that I just wanted to go to the theater to see, like Scream and like even Creed three, and it's just had a lot of big Transformers, just like even big movies that are just fun. So it's like. I don't know how the year's shaping up, but I made a comment back to you that I don't think it's been a good Oscar year, but maybe I'm just like making myself think that artsy fartsy has to be Oscars. This has been a good year for fun movies, and I hope that the Oscars deem them worthy to be nominated. That's kind of where I am on the year. Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't think we're too far off on that. I think you're right. I think it has been a good year for, you know, the big blockbusters, the the fun movies, I guess you could say. Even a movie like Air that we really liked early in the year Correct. was a lot of fun. A movie like, you know, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Huge hit, critically acclaimed. That's a lot of fun. I mean, we but, haven't got a lot of muds this year. You know, no movie that I'm just going to draw through that are the big best picture. I, I haven't seen one. I mean, I'm sure right. A24 will release like I'm sure three of them. Yeah, I, th- I think there's some. But I also think there are some really good movies that kind of fit that mold of what we're talking about, of like the critically acclaimed, maybe more Oscar bait movies. You know, I'm thinking specifically of, you know, you've got the Oppenheimer, which we're going to talk about. Uh, there is Poor Things, which is a Fox Searchlight film, which is really highly acclaimed with Emma Stone, kind of a uh, comedy fantasy sci-fi Frankenstein movie Mm. that is supposed to be very good. That's going to be a very, uh, that's going to be one of the top runners there. You've got killers of the flower moon, which is critically acclaimed across the board. Now I have not seen that yet, but plan to go see it very soon. Gabe, have you seen that yet? No, every, I haven't had a three and a half hour block. Right. That's That's the the problem with it. Yeah, that and that's the one complaint I keep hearing from everybody online or or if anybody's seen it is like it's really good, it's too long. Yeah, you know it's that? like when do I have half a day to give? Right. Three <laughs> I, I will say that. Like three and a half hours is too long. Like three hours is pushing it. I think a movie at three and a half hours, because you gotta think that's twenty minutes of trailers. It's an hour at the minimum of going to your theater and coming back. So like that's five hours out of your day. To your point, Gabe, that's half the day. I'm not like Wes. You know, I'll even give you up to three hours, but it's that extra half hour. <laughs> yeah, Wes will give you 30 minutes. Wes is big on – that's the thing, everybody. I don't know if everybody knew this. Wes is big on seeing uh, television sitcoms in the theater now. <laughs> he's he's big on seeing uh, – like, you know, he was telling me how he saw Modern Family at the theater the other week. I was like, did you pay for that? He said, yeah, it was like $25. It was a deal. I was like, oh, it doesn't sound like a deal, but I guess if that's what he's into now, you know? <laughs> all this new show. I don't know if you've heard of it. Modern Family. Modern um, Family. Love Modern Family in the movie theater. That's Wes's thing now. 30 minutes, you're in and out. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I'm serious. I, that's the only draw to me. It's it's it, That's impossible. I'm not going to get to see it in, into like there's a big difference between going to an hour and a half long movie and going to a three and a half hour right. long movie. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna have to use the bathroom a lot of times. You you really have to space out your coke <laughs> right. consumption. I tell you what, Gabe. You know we talk we joke around Peter Jackson needing an editor. I think we've gotten to the point that nobody needs an editor more than Martin Scorsese. No, his last <laughs> two movies are I think a combined seven and a half hours long. 
Well, hasn't he had the same editor his entire career? Yes. She's Delma. just tired of editing his films. She's, She's like, like, I'm just not keep doing it in. Anymore. I don't want to do this anymore, Marty. We've been doing <laughs> this same shit for 50 years. They've literally been working together on movies for 50 years. It's incredible, but it is probably like, she's probably like, Marty, can I just retire already? Can I retire? He's like, oh, no. Yeah. Continue making these movies till I die. I and like we love. Picture, I like to picture her older than Martin Scorsese, just like hunched over, and she doesn't want to work anymore, and she's crying while she's editing the films. I hope it's not like that. <laughs> and Marty's like, I'm, I'm sending Leo to make you do it. You know, she, you know, he's got Leo on standby to make his uh, <laughs> film editor to do these. You know, but I am excited to see it. You're right, Gabe. I think that's going to be a heavy front runner. There's also, you know, some really good movies. American Fiction is getting really great buzz. The Holdovers, like I mentioned. You know, one thing, one that looked really good is Maestro, the new Bradley Cooper movie. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just a lot of really good movies that Gabe and I, we haven't seen yet, but I'm just still excited about it. So, and to your point, I think, you know, like I was saying, I think it has been a good movie year in general. I've actually read, I actually found this pretty interesting. I've, I've read a couple articles online that, uh, that some film critics, and they may be just doing this for the clicks or whatever. I don't know. But some film critics are actually kind of proclaiming this to be one of the best year of this century so far. So, like, that means it's better than, like, 2007 when There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men were released. Better than the early 2000s when, you know, you had... You know, the Lord of the Rings movies being released and it's probably way too early to judge that. You can never you know, really judge that. But I just think it's interesting that people are even talking about that. It just means that there are a lot of good movies being released this year. Yeah, maybe I thought about it like in a guilty way, like because I've always I think I've trained my brain to think fun movies can't win. I, and I know that I keep saying that, but I mean, like happy movies or just like feel good, go to the movies, movies. Right. Or like crowd pleasers. Well, yeah, like crowd movies that audience that Oscars have in the past used to nominate, not the indie films that they've been doing for the past 10 years. I would even argue that Oppenheimer in his way is a crowd pleaser because it's just, but it's not because like it is an actual crowd pleaser, but it's just done so perfectly that it's hard not to enjoy it. But, um, but I mean, this year has just been, I've had fun at the movies again. And maybe I just thought that that was that I wasn't just seeing good pictures because it's like right. once you've had like a wine and you've made yourself drink a fine wine, it's like you feel <laughs> like that that must be what a best picture is. And right. And uh, maybe we're becoming more all like Bill Van Vagel, who says if it if you like it, it's good. You know, so, and I think exactly, Gabe. And I think you're hopefully right. Hopefully they are. Hopefully critics are, because that's how I rate movies. If I like it, I, it's good. Absolutely. And I think there's still still some good movies left that we haven't even seen or nobody's really seen. You know, there's The Color Purple, which is a big musical from Warner Brothers. There's Ferrari, the new Michael Mann race car movie. There is Napoleon, the big Ridley Scott, Joaquin Phoenix movie. There is Wonka. Gabe, I was just talking about Wonka. The, you know, Timothy Chalamet, Willy Wonka prequel with Hugh Grant some for some reason as a um, Oompa Loompa. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would have pictured there. him cast in like a main role, but this is exciting for me. I'm I, I'm excited about seeing him as an Oompa Loompa m- more so than a main character. Yeah, I mean, I think it looks fun. It looks like kind of like Harry Potter as Willy Wonka. <laughs> but I'm, which, I'm excited. 
which hey, I'm down for, honestly. And I guess the one thing we've got to talk be any about any worse than that Tim Burton one. Oh, that I refuse to watch that movie again. He's my I favorite director, but I, I, I like it. to act like that never happened. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure Brit, Tim Burton wants to act like the last 20 years of his career hasn't happened, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> he has been on a downward spiral for a while. And I'll always defend Tim Burton because, to your point, I love Tim Burton. But I will yeah. defend him because his first movies are so, like, first, like, there's like seven that are so good. But yeah, I'll, oh, I'll agree with a little bit of the spiral. It, his like opening seven movies or like his opening like I'll two even decades all the way to Big Fish is as good as it gets. Yeah, I mean, yeah. right. I agree. Yeah, Big Fish is good. And he has had some fun movies this century. Um, you know, I liked the Paragon Children movie. Yeah. There's some good ones in there. He's still he hasn't lost it. And honestly, I'm excited for Beetlejuice too. I'm really excited for that next year. When does that come out? Next year? Next September. Yes. So oh, and it's I'm got Michael yeah, so I, I I still think he has it. He just needs the right project, honestly. Yeah. And, Gabe, before we get into our list, the, the final thing I want to talk about briefly is the, the one thing that's kind of the caveat to all this is that as we're recording, the Screen Actors Guild are still on strike. Now, from what I was reading today on Deadline is that they're close, but what that means is until they get that deal in place, any of these movies could still be pushed back like Napoleon. I am really hoping that Napoleon does not get moved from their, it's November release. Um, I don't think it will, but anything, any movie that we talk about that hasn't been released, it still could, which is kind of a bummer. What does the screen actors guild actually do? Do they just vote on the Oscars? So what are they striking for? Well, they're they're striking. It's a great question. So the Screen Actors Guild is all of the actors are part of the guild, and you can't work if they go on strike. So like, there's why no would movies. they all go on strike? Because every three, I think it's every three years, their their contract goes out. So right now, they actually don't have a contract with the studios, and what they're striking over, um, from my understanding, are several things. Of course, they want pay increases. They they're really striking about AI. AI is a big aspect of it because, you know, a lot of studios have been threatening to like start using AI <laughs> in place of actors. And it gets pretty, pretty complicated. Also, they want more streaming funding. You know, a lot of actors used to get these huge syndication deals from like, you know, being cable TV. A lot of that's gone away. The streamers have been profiting off of these shows and actors haven't gotten an, an increase from that. So that's a big aspect of it. Like, for example, Gabe, I'll give you an example for everybody that I think might like kind of gel this for everybody. So you know how Suits, the TV show Suits was on USA Channel for a yeah. long time? Yeah. And it was a pretty big hit. Yeah. Well, then it kind of went away, and those actors all got paid from Suits. Okay, they got their contracts. Oh, I've heard about this. Then it came back, and it's bigger than ever on Netflix. Exactly. So what happened was – so if – their Nobody original watched contracts it on probably had a, a caveat in there about if it was on cable TV, they probably got some residual monies. Meaning, like if it was a hit on another channel, the actors would get some money for it. But what they 
probably did not have, and I say probably, I know they didn't have, was any type of contract where it was if the suits went to a streamer and became a huge hit, they would get money off that. Well, that's exactly what happened. Suits went to Netflix, became a huge hit, but the actors and really the creators aren't getting any money for that because they don't have it in their contracts. So they have to build that into their contracts because this is still all new. And that's what they're striking over. That's awful because that's a great show. Yeah, and they deserve to get money. They deserve to get money because it's popular because they did a good job. Exactly. And not to bash Netflix, because I watch Netflix too, but Netflix should just not be able to cash in on all these shows that have been popular or like create a hit out of a show and not pay the people who created it. But it seems like to me, I don't, what I don't understand about that, it seems like to me, USA would have had to profit from some sort of transaction to Netflix. Why wouldn't the money be required to trip? trickle down from usa like we could act like netflix is the villain there but well no it's it's not about usa it's about what's in the actors contracts what i'm saying is when actors like get hired they have contracts that are that the residual is written into their contracts yeah and all and all of this was fine for the longest time because of syndication and cable tv all that was built into their contracts but because of streaming is still so new it wasn't and built into their contract it, back then, but that's exactly. still so. Then it just these big companies just get it, make boatloads so of money off of basically it. Basically, Netflix is kind of by kind of like been able to make all this money off of these shows' backs and not pay the creators, which gooses their profits, which makes them more powerful, which makes them then be able to you know play hardball against the Screen Actors Guild, and no wonder. Netflix is getting bashed in the media by the Screen Actors Guild because it's a little unfair, honestly. Yeah. Not to, you know, we're not trying to be an anti-Netflix show because I love Netflix. I watch it, I but they need, to, they need to pay up. And that's what's going to happen, basically. And they know it, too. They can't, in other words, they can't just uh, have these shows as a free ride. They got It's time to pay up Netflix. Yeah, all the Netflix execs listening. Ted Sarandis. Huh? Yeah, playtime's over, Ted Sarandis. Real talk coming after you. <laughs> it's time to pay up, buddy. We're probably going to be sued by Netflix and be out of business in like a week. That's one thing I would not want to go up against is the Netflix lawyers. <laughs> How did we go down? That Netflix That's, yeah, joke really took us end. down. That would be the end of us. Uh, all right, so let's uh, switch gears really fast and go into our lists and what we're going to talk about with Best Pictures. And before we got into Gabe. Each Gabe and I basically created a, a best picture top 10 list because this year will be a you have to have 10 nominees. They're not doing that weird algorithm anymore where it could be like between five and 10 that nobody understood. That was the worst idea they ever had. Well, they've had many yeah. bad ideas. That was one of the worst. Now it's just 10, no matter what. But Gabe, before we get into that, I think you wanted to say, talk about your top 10 current movies you've seen thus far this year, right? Yeah, this is what happens when me and Tommy talk about an idea. It's some t- I don't I didn't get the assignment right. I made two lists. We were like, how are we going to fix this? And so he just let me do my list. So this is my top 10 favorite movies that I've seen so far this year. These are ones I've actually seen, and most of them in the theater. Um, number one, Mission Impossible. Number two, Oppenheimer. Wait a minute, Gabe. Real quick. Before, and <laughs> I'm not going to do this for every movie, but <laughs> I have to talk about this real quick. Have you seen in the news, Mission Impossible, okay, Dead Reckoning Part 1, that 
and we're not going to get political here. This is not about like one side or the other, but I just thought this was so funny that President Biden watched Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning at Camp David. And after he watched the movie, he then realized how much of a threat AI was. And they like signed an executive order about AI after watching Mission Impossible. (laughs) That is a real thing that happened. That really shows you who's running our land. You think they're like this majestic, like know-it-all creature. And uh, that's what we got. I would say maybe that shows you the power of Tom Cruise in movies. <laughs> He's really doing it. He's making actual <laughs> political impact. Good job, Tommy. You Tom us is that. saving us from AI. Not only is Tom saving the movie industry, he's saving us from AI. He saved the world, which is a lot better than Creator, which I'm still pissed about that movie. That's a, That could have been a great movie, but man, do not make AI the good guys right now. This is not the time. Anyway. Keep going, Gabe. Sorry. All right. Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer. And these aren't in order. These would just be my, these are my top 10 favorite movies. Gotcha. Um, okay. John Wick 4, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, No Hard Feelings, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Air, Somewhere in Queens, Barbie, and Dungeons and Dragons. Man, so. that's... First off, Gabe, that's a really good list. And it actually shows you that this year has been good. I totally forgot about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. That and movie's I, great. And I had, so like to, to, I had to throw Dungeons and Dragons in, like is what I finally decided. Because I had like Totally Killer, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had right. Creator on my honorable mention. So sorry about that. Super Mario Bros. <laughs> Tetris. No one will save you. Like I had like a lot of ones that I could have put in there, but. I decided on D- Dungeons and Dragons because I mean it got a ninety-seven percent or whatever on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a fun movie. It's the only one I've purchased. I had to yeah be, be true to my you know. You had to see what Jonathan's up to. You I know? gotta see what what is Jonathan? <laughs> when, where's when's Jonathan at? gonna be here again? Yeah, where's is Jonathan? I think Jonathan's gonna join this podcast episode. We just need to wait for quote, him. I quote that movie more than my kids laugh about it. It's a fantastic <laughs> movie. Um, it is but really I mean, good. I've got two, well, I've got one romantic comedy and one f- somewhere in Queens is like a feel good movie on it. And those are not my type of movies at all. So but no hey, part- what is somewhere in Queens? I don't think I even know that movie. It's the Ray Romano movie and it's, it's a slow burn. It's just like a, an you adult a Ray Romano movie in your top 10. Yes. Uh, it's got like a 94, okay. 95 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's just, it's a slow burn with just like a, uh, one of the best endings I've ever seen. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's hard to explain. It's just like about a family and about like the parents and, uh, the kid growing up and like going off to high school and what they want for the kid and what the kid wants for himself. And it just ends up good. Like, it's just, it's a cool movie. I will say I really enjoyed it and no hard feelings. The one with, um, What's her name? Jennifer. So Jennifer Lawrence, that's the one I wanted to ask you about, Gabe. Or so you're saying that the Jennifer Lawrence comedy, No Hard Feelings, where she tries to seduce a 19-year-old is in your top 10? I love this movie. I didn't think I would. In fact, <laughs> it has been like like every time I turn on my Roku, it's like, you must watch this, no hard feelings. And I've like avoided it because I had no interest in it for like Yeah, that's where months. I'm at. I haven't seen it yet. And I turned it on in the beginning, like the first 12 minutes, isn't that good. But 
it it does it doesn't follow like the cookie cutter romantic comedy and it's just it's a lot of fun it has one it has the best scene and you'll go back and you'll research this you'll or look this scene up on Google and you'll watch it again four and five times and I don't want I'm not going to say anything about it because you will do it but and I'm not even talking about for anybody out there the Jennifer Lawrence naked scene on the beach like I'm talking about there's a scene that's like awesome and you'll look it up several times but um I, I just love the movie and I think it shows her acting range she's really good in this role like she nobody would ever win for a role like this, right but I, she is really good in this role what what that what I find interesting about that movie is to me it almost feels like a comedy like an old school comedy they used to make a lot of like old school the hangover yeah, it it seems like it, it is like I forgot what it's called like not disgusting comedy but like you know what I'm saying yeah like a, a gross out comedy kind of but it's not it I don't know it, you just have to watch it it's not my type of film at all but I I really did enjoy this one well, I appreciate you putting that on your top 10. And what's good about your top 10 game, I didn't do a top 10, um, but I, I would have several that you have on there on my top 10 for sure right now. Is I, What I like about your top 10 is it it's kind, it has good it's variety. It's a fun top 10. It, it's a fun top 10. It has you know a little bit of everything. It has big blockbusters, action, comedy, independent films, co- a comic book movie. It, it runs the game. It didn't have horror in it, but it, like... The next two been, out were it's been a bad year for horror. No one would say will save you. Those are yeah, my next. A, two. Well, I would say I would argue it's been a bad year for horror movies. Yeah. Um. And I've and I I was listening to a podcast I listened to and they kind of made that argument that like this it just hasn't been a good year for horror movies and I would agree. Like I I've would say the best game. horror movie I've seen this year is Saw. Oh and God! I do not like yeah. Saw movies. Now next week we're gonna. Do a Scarefest. We went to Scarefest, and we're going to talk about that, and we're going to review the new Saw. And so yeah. I think we're, you're. Yeah, it's going to be fun to talk about Saw. But I would agree with you, Gabe. I, I'm trying to think. There was Evil Dead Rises, which was pretty good. It was okay. The new Exorcist was awful. I didn't see it. Um, talk to me. Is it, no, that was good. That's good. That's probably the best. I would say. Then Saw. Yes. Yeah, I'm serious. I, I really <laughs> like Totally Killer a lot, though. I and I really do like Totally Killer. Now, Gabe, are you going to review that next week, or do you want to give a? No, I'll review? do it next week. Okay, I'll throw so it out save that. But Totally Killer, okay, that's a good, good, uh, you know, option there. So I think, yeah, I think that's a really good list, Gabe. And anything about your list that you want to talk about before we actually transition? No, but too it, far the only thing, you know, like. The ones that I know won't get nominated, but I really love it. it I wish the Oscar would go t- more towards these movies. Mission Impossible won't get nominated, but I loved it. Wished it would. Guardians of the Galaxy probably three won't get nominated. Loved it. Wished it would. John Wick four, no chance. Um, but man, I wish that. I mean, that those action scenes, it deserves yeah. it. In a sane world, they would at least have a shot because all those movies that you just mentioned. Especially Mission Impossible and John Wick Four got great reviews, like in the ninety percentile of Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. I, well, the next one I was going to say was D- Dungeons and Dragons. It right. won't get nominated, but it had ninety-seven percent and like yeah. a ninety-eight percent audience score. 
and honestly, they're better than a lot of these Oscar movies that get nominated. We'll just be perfectly honest. I can't remember. I it's kind of amazing when I think about like the '90s and 2000s. Like, I'll look back at Oscar nominees, and there, it's always like half of these Oscar, you know, movie Oscar bait movies that nobody ever thinks about, nobody ever watches that really aren't good. And I'm like, how did these movies get nominated? Do you think critics and maybe even us? Do you think we've like trained ourselves? You know, like I went and got this scotch one time at a bar. It was like way out in Utah. And the bartender said, this scotch tastes like old band-aids and seawater. That's how you know it's good. And I'm like, have we like trained ourselves? (laughs) (laughs) Things good. Artsy that it's good when maybe it's not. Oh, that's exactly what's happened to the Oscars. The, The Oscar movies that we're talking about that like kind of niche, they have a name, the Oscar bait movies, even though everybody knows they're not even that good. Yeah. I think we've done that. That's why I like my list. Yeah. It's a little weird that the Oscars did this. It is kind of a newer thing. The Oscars didn't always like be like this. Like we've talked about, it's really in the past. Like I would say probably since the nineties, when the independent film movement came out, like it kind of started then I would think. And but yeah, it's it it definitely has not done the Oscars any good because a lot of these movies nobody's even watching. All right, I I, uh, I appreciate that. I really like that you're standing up for me to the Oscar listeners, Tommy. Um, but I think next you're going to go through your predict or well, the way we describe it. These are predictions based on reading, based right. on what yes. we think will you know, what we think will win combined with what we've seen and what we think should win. Exactly. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through, this is as of today, November 1st, 2023, that gives everybody an idea of when we're recording. This is where I think the best picture nominees will land. And it's going to be 10 movies. Some of these movies, like Gabe has said, I've seen some of these, some of these I really want to see some of these I haven't seen at all. Some of these haven't even been released yet. But this is what I'm going with. So, in no particular order, I think Oppenheimer, of course, that's a no-brainer. I think that movie is going to get, like, a ton of nominations. And I think that's the heavy front, not a heavy front runner. I think it's the front runner right now. And I think it's going to be a really interesting, you know, kind of race with Oppenheimer as kind of the lead dog right now. As we said in our last episode, it will win and should win. I still, I think it will. I think it will. I think there's going to be a heavy Oppenheimer base within the Oscars this year. Yeah. I'll go ahead and say, I'll say it now. I'm going to call it on this show. It will win and should win. I'll say the same thing when the Oscars is on. Right. Oh, I mean, I'll be really excited. I haven't had like my favorite film of the year, which I can't see Oppenheimer being replaced win best picture in a long time i can't remember the last time so that would be we don't even usually agree on like these gritty type movies like oppenheimer but i mean i watched it like i said um right after my favorite movie that i had seen this year and so and and you (laughs) no one's like really stands up if it does that because usually you're like oh it'll never be as good but i watched two fantastic movies back to back what a well, yeah! What a time! July, late July was great. Mission Impossible, boom. Then Oppenheimer, boom. And then you know what the next one was? Barbie. Barbie. So, that's like three like, that's great like, movies in a row. Yeah. So I've got Oppenheimer. 
Next, I'll just say it, Barbie. I think Barbie, like we talked about in our Barbie review, uh, it's a great movie. It hit the culture zeitgeist like like hardly any movie has done in a long time. Uh, you know, it, it was an event, and that's what we want to see. We want to see events and movies. We want to see people excited about going to movies. Uh, I don't remember a two-movie event like Barbenheimer ever in my lifetime. Never. Like, never. Like, I remember big movie events like Jurassic Park, and I remember – but I don't remember a – two movie event weekend like that right or the it was on like if you turned on usa today like it was on there Barbenheim. everybody was talking about it instagram was just it was it, everywhere it would be it would be it would be the biggest casualty if both of these movies weren't nominated for best picture and yeah it would irritate a lot of people yeah this is the right i agree arbenheimer Oppenheimer and Barbie being nominated, getting a lot of nominations is the key to this whole thing. Both of them have to get a lot of nominations. First off, we got to see Ryan Gosling on that stage singing his Ken song. That's a must, right? Yeah. Or ask acting all masculine and, and, and I, I just got to see some Ken I wanna, jokes. I want to see Ryan Gosling on the front row in his Ken outfit. I'm Ken enough as Ken at the Oscars. <laughs> that would be oh. amazing. And also, this is my other idea. I want to see that Ken song performed by all the famous actors in Hollywood. So you know how Ken has like all his backup Kens? So like I want to see Ron Gosling up there as Ken, but I also want to see like his backup, backup be like Timothy Chalamet. That would be fantastic. Uh the Spider-Man kid, Tom Holland. Who else? Our- Name somebody gave. Who do you want? Thor, I want Thor back there as Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, yes. Yeah, shirtless. He's shirtless, Ken. He has to be shirtless, Ken. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet would be kind of like skinny emo, Ken. <laughs> oh, Tom if Holland. we're gonna do no, if we're gonna do emo, Ken, Ken, we just gotta get uh, Spider Man. Um, That's true. Uh, oh, Andrew Garfield, Toby McGuire. Oh, Toby McGuire. He's too old though. Yeah, but he can old. be. He's a great emo person. He could be old. Spider-Man three. Have you not seen Spider Man no, three? I, we're not talking about that emo. He could be old Spider Man Ken. Okay, fine. What about uh, you? Could have Kevin Spacey as canceled Ken. <laughs> There's so many options. I'm just throwing that out to the Oscars. Alec Baldwin is criminal Ken. Uh, murderer Ken. Yeah. <laughs> so many, so many options there. You could do it. It's, it never ends. It never. Alec, ends. I don't know if you're. You know, did it had anything to do with that? I, that was just a joke. I know how he shot the guy. He shot her. I mean, good manslaughter. All right, manslaughter, Ken. <laughs> um, all right, so all right, Oppenheimer, Barbie, sure things. The next sure thing I think is that poor things movie that I just mentioned. That is the once again Emma Stone movie that. Looks really wild. I've seen the trailer. I've read the reviews. It looks crazy. It looks really entertaining, though. It's by the director. I'm going to see if I can say his name right. Yorgos Lanthimos, who did The Favorite. Gabe, do you remember that movie, The Favorite, a few years ago? Yeah, yeah that's a good movie. He He's a really good director. He makes really weird movies. So I think that's going to have like the really like weird movie base. But I liked Oscars. it. It is weird, but I liked it. The favorite's excellent. Yeah, I agree. I think Poor Things is going to be really good, too. So I think that's a sure thing. The next sure thing, Killers of the Flower Moon. That's the three-and-a-half-hour Scorsese movie we just talked about. It looks great. I've read reviews. The one thing I've heard about from everybody 
It's just too long. Yeah. I think that I don't think it's going to win best picture because it's too long that. And I think Oppenheimer's kind of taken. It's like true That's- story, historical, like movie kind of buzz, you know, the one thing I, I'm actually I want to hold out. I want to hold out an opinion on that until I actually see Killers of the Flower Moon. Though. Right, for sure, because I may love all three hours of it, and then I'll feel really guilty about everything that I said. Yeah, we may be like it's. Not, I just don't more. have the time to commit to it right now. It's it's a it's a um, it's a timing thing. You know, it's not it's not a. Uh, I don't want to hold it against the movie. Well, until you see it, for sure. What I actually find really interesting about that movie that is going to be something to really watch is the Martin Scorsese versus Christopher Nolan and Best Director. Because this will probably be one of Scorsese's last shots at Best Director. And he is a legend, icon. But this is also Christopher Nolan time of, like, this is his movie. This was his shot. Like, this is the big Christopher Nolan year. So it's like two juggernauts going head-to-head with kind of similar like historical huge epics. So that's going to be yeah, a huge Yeah, but you give battle. it to the one you go, you don't give it to the one for the honorary win. You give it to the one who deserves it. And I think either one of them would want that too. I think so too, and I agree. And Scorsese, he even said himself, he's never like he's not in that crowd as he said. He's not in the academy like crowd. So I yeah. don't think he'll get it, but it's one to watch for sure. Okay, so next movie that I have on my list is... So, there's this movie called American Fiction, Gabe. I don't know if you've heard about it yet. Yeah, it's on my list. Yeah, it's the movie that is with Jeffrey Wright, who's a great actor, and is being released in December. It won, I think it was the... I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it was the New York Film Festival, or maybe Toronto's like kind of audience award. And it looks really good. The trailer's out now, so... Check out the trailer. It's basically like about a a writer who is a struggling writer who writes a book kind of in jest, like kind of just like doing it to, I don't know the best way to put it, but like he, he isn't being serious with it, but it turns out to be like a huge cultural and like critical hit. And it's kind of like a commentary on our, our kind of culture in America, especially around race relations and different things. And I think it looks really good. It's, it's one of those movies that I think could like win a best screenplay, maybe, Maybe even a best actor for Jeffrey Wright. I don't think it'll be best picture, but I think it's definitely going to be nominated for sure. Yeah, I had it on my list for a lot of the same reasons. Yeah, um, it's just it's like one of the movies that's just getting a ton of buzz right now. Yeah, and I watched the trailer and it looked like it would be good. I mean, yes. that you could tell you would enjoy watching it. It to me, it's kind of like one of those movies that yeah is kind of oscar baity but it's like a really fun version of that it didn't yeah it didn't it didn't look like a scotch that necessarily tastes like band-aids and seawater just maybe the seawater and like scotch right you could you could handle it i yeah it's one of those movies as soon as i saw i was like oh i want to see that that looks fun yeah. and it's like kind of a it, and it's it's about current topics which is always interesting too all right yeah. my next movie i have i have the holdovers. So that is the movie that I just mentioned earlier. It comes out this weekend. It is with the great Paul Giamatti and it is Alexander Payne's next movie, who of course has done a lot of great movies. He's done election, the descendants, uh, Nebraska. He's just, it's a great director. And this movie looks really good too. It's, I think the plot is basically Paul Giamatti is a teacher who kind of gets left with some students over a Christmas break. And it's like, 
they all kind of learn about each other and learn to like each other and maybe, you know, learn to love each other as a family. It's one of those movies. Kind of feel good with like a bitter, cynical edge to it. I'm going to go ahead and call shot number two. Paul Giamatti gets nominated for Best Actor. Yes, I think that's a great shot, Gabe. I think you're exactly right. Because he is he is good in everything. And like this looked like a role Taylor made for him when I watched the trailer. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if you thought this game, but what I was thinking when I watched this trick, because I've seen it multiple times in the theaters and on YouTube. I'm like, where has Paul Giamatti been? That's the Paul Giamatti we want to see. I know that he's been on because he's in all for these, like ever. He's but, in all these roles he shouldn't be in. This is the Paul Giamatti role. Right. Paul Giamatti is like the, the like gruff, uh, nobody professor. likes me guy. Yeah. He's a gruff <laughs> professor. That's what he is. And, and he is it in this ship movie. Yeah. It's like, it's, I don't know if Alexander Payne wrote this movie just for Paul Giamatti, but he had to like, be like Paul Giamatti. He is my number one on this list. Paul Giamatti reminds me of my, the history teacher that made you do your test and only essays and was really critical about every essay you did. Yes, and he's and you're like, man, what is wrong with this guy? Kind of sniveling. He does. Then, he, he 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 acts like he cares about history, but he doesn't really even like his job. But here's the thing, Gabe. You're right. You're right. That's but Paul if you were only stuck with him over Christmas break, you would learn that he has things going on too. Oh, you all that, learn to like each other, there. and maybe into a description of even, the movie. Even love each other as a family. I think so, I'm gonna like it. I think I'm gonna cry. Like I think I, I am too. I, but I think I'm gonna like it. Yes, I think I am too. It looks really good. It, it's the type of movie, man. We say this a lot. Maybe we need to retire it's this. The type game. of movie like, I want to be nominated and is gonna be nominated. Well, that is true. What I was gonna say, it reminded me of a movie that they released a lot in the '90s. Yeah, like it's like a it's like a Goodwill Hunting type movie. It looks exactly like Goodwill Hunting. Like even yeah, like, the intro, like looks like Goodwill Hunting when on the exactly. trailer, which is the type of movies we love. So yeah, yeah, I think it looks really good. I'm excited for it. So I think that's gonna have. Uh, I think that's gonna be nominated. All right, next is on my list. I have Maestro. So this our is, list uh, has one difference so far. You don't have so you don't have Maestro. No, no, I have Maestro on mine. But okay, gotcha. One only one I didn't have was the weird movie. Oh, uh, poor things. Poor things. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So Maestro. Yeah. I think Maestro is another one of these movies that like a lot of people may not even realize is coming out, but I've been kind of following for a little while. The that, trailer's I, awesome. The trailer's amazing. Like it is. Isn't awesome. it going straight to ne- Netflix? Yeah. And that's a bummer. Like it was produced, financed by Netflix. Uh, I hate when they do that. Cause then I can't see it in theater. This movie. No, re- I saw here. They're releasing it in the theater. Oh, really? So, so I know. Maybe, I, I think that it, you should for sure get it in Nashville. Okay, good. So I'm going to try to see it in theater because from what I've read, like there's some scenes that, you know, it, it has some epic scenes. It looks like of him conducting. It's about Leonard Bernstein, the great, you know, composer and his, of course, his, his love of his life, his wife played by Carrie Mulligan, but also he was he was gay and he had love affairs outside of that. It looks a very relationship heavy focus. A lot of who you plays know, Maestro emotions. again? Uh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. That's who I was trying to think of. Okay. Yeah, I think his name. also directed it. And of course, the last movie he starred and directed was A Star Is Born, which was great. Fantastic. So, 
I think he's a born filmmaker. This movie looks amazing. Yeah, who knew we were going to... Bradley Cooper was a born filmmaker after seeing, you know, great movies like... Um, uh, what's the movie where they all... The like, Hangover 3. The Hangover 3. <laughs> like, who knew that guy was a born genius director? Well, no, well, no but you're right. And, and remember, he was in uh, Wedding Crashers as, like, the villain. I, I, I thought the jury was still out on him even being a good actor. Yeah, I mean, so he, and he's, he got and he's a great actor and a great director. What's really funny about Bradley Cooper is that if anybody hasn't seen... So, Gabe, do you remember the Inside the Actor Studio show that was, yeah, like, and, on and, Bravo? And before I go on, and Bradley Cooper, if you were listening, I do think you're a good actor now. I just, in your previous movies, I don't think it showcased any of that. Go on. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more recent, but what's really funny about Bradley Cooper is... If you look up Bradley, so just everybody out there, YouTube Bradley Cooper inside the actor's studio. Yeah. Because what you're going to see is a really young Bradley Cooper. Looks like he's still like in school, like college acting school, like being super serious in the audience and then acting, asking a question to, you know, the host, which was always like, and it just shows you that he was always very serious about this from the beginning because he's just so like, I have to serious about it. You're like, he's like, I'm a serious I, actor. I we think I've seen it, but I, I've got to look it up. It's pretty funny, but yeah, I think everything you're saying, Gabe is right. The maestro looks brilliant. Uh, I'm hearing that Carrie Mulligan is going to be a heavy contender for best actress in her role. And it, it's just, it's just amazing that Bradley Cooper's turned into this director now. Like where did, how did this happen? He's up there with Martin Scorsese. And he can keep his movies under two hours, which maybe he's better than Scorsese at this point. Yeah, we'll have to see. I don't have to, you know, watch uh, The Irishman in four different sittings. <laughs> no, that's what I, was, that's what I or, thought about. That's exactly what I thought about with Killers of the Flower Man. <laughs> I was like, man, if I watch it in the theater, I'm not going to get to turn well, it off and go, <laughs> and right. go back and watch it the next day. So here's a real question that I have. So Wes, who... Of course, Wes on our show, his favorite actor is Leonardo DiCaprio. So he Does loves he all movies, in one sitting, but he hates movies over a half hour long. He's told me that he now yeah. will only watch a movie in 30 minute increments. So that's a fact, actually. So how is he going to watch the killers of the flower moon, which is three and a half hours? It's it's seven settings. Um, going to be uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll forget seven he'll for, he, by thinking? the seventh. By the seventh sitting, he'll be like, "Now, what happened in that first episode again?" Man, I can't remember that first that first uh, TV episode of Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> is he is he? But the question is, he going to the movie theater to do this? Like seven tickets? Yeah, he's got some sort of deal with him. He's like, "Listen, you could sell me just one ticket, you know, for ten dollars, or you could sell me seven tickets for ten dollars, and I'll come back in individual." Hey, time. listen. Listen, man, I'm not going to see the movie seven times. You don't understand. I'm only going to see it in 30-minute increments, so I'm only seeing it once, but I'm seeing it seven different times in 30-minute increments. Uh, thus, I only need one movie ticket. What's hard to understand? <laughs> yeah, That's pretty much what happens. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're going to get to the bottom of this. This is not the end of this conversation. We've got to get here. What Wes, Wes is never not going to come on an episode again soon. Well, we're going to ask him next week about this because I think this will ultimately decide what does he like more? Does he like 
Leo DiCaprio or does he like really short movies? Do you so, think he'll cross associate? Do you think he'll be like, it, it may like play into Leo's role? Like it, it wasn't Leo's best movie. Like he, he'll be like, because it drug on for so long. Or do you think it'll be like Leo overload for him? And then he'll be like more in love than ever. I, that's what I don't know. That's what we've got to ask him. He's been he's been ducking this question, so I think I think next week, Gabe, we're gonna have to ask him that episode. Like, yeah, that's the time. Okay. So, yeah. I think, <laughs> so, all of our killer about flowers moon. I think that was pretty good. My next movie I have is so this is one that I really don't know a whole lot about, but I've read about it so much of like this is a potential Oscar contender, and that is the zone of interest. So. This movie is a Brian, um, I, gotta, I think it's Jonathan Glazer is the director, I'm pretty sure. And he's done, you know, kind of a critically acclaimed director. And this is a movie, really harsh subject matter about, of course, the Holocaust and kind of the juxtaposition between uh, evil and, and the ordinary life of Germans during that time. You know, really critically acclaimed. I think it's going to have a heavy fan base. I think the you know, the current events in the world regarding Israel and, and those type of things may even draw some interest to this movie even more so. It's one of these movies that kind of like they've done the past few years that it'll be like number eight or nine on the nominee list. But I think it's going to be there. So, Gabe, I don't know if you've heard of that one or have you heard about it. List. I haven't even heard about it until you did. That sounded, sounded like something I would enjoy watching yeah well you know that's what Maybe. i struggle with it looks like one of those movies that's probably yeah. really good but probably not an easy watch is what i kind of get out of it but oh. it'll, it'll be interesting to see so that's that's uh my next one where am i at how many do i even have that's, at this that that was know? number 10 wasn't it no let's see i've got one no two, you've got one more five six seven eight okay i got two you've more. got eight you got two more i, I just noticed that Okay, so my next one, so this is where I'm struggling. I've got some options here, and this is where I want to take some risks. So my next one, I'm going to just call it, and I'm going the color purple. So this also is... on my list. Oh, so it's on your list. Okay, so this is the... Only it comes out in December. Different. And, okay, so we've got two different thus far. It comes out in December, and it is based on the Tony Award-winning musical... Which, of course, The Color Purple is the Spielberg movie from earlier in the 80s, which also got a ton of Oscar nominations. This one is highly acclaimed from the Broadway musical. Nobody's really seen it yet, but I'm just kind of feeling like with the subject matter, the Oscars love big musicals. It's going to give some showy performances. I think it could slide in there and really kind of be one of those kind of crowd-pleasing nominees. Uh, what do you think, Gabe, on that one? I mean, it even looks like a Spielberg. It's, who directed it? I'm honestly not sure. I, I think it's kind of a newer director. I don't think it's a big name or anybody. But it kind of looks like a Spielberg movie in the trailers. I don't know if it... He produced it. Got it. So, yeah, it, I was I was like watching the trailers. I was like, this looks like a Spielberg movie. So I think it'll have a chance to. And I think it looks like a... It just looks like a movie that's going to get nominated. And it probably will actually be good. I think it looks good. Yeah, I think it looks really yeah. fun. All right, so that's my number nine. I've got one left. You know, I kind of, I couldn't decide where I was going with this, but I'm just going to say Napoleon. 
maybe this is like me wanting it to be nominated. I think it's, but Oscars, I've always loved these huge kind of battle centric historical epics. Now I know we already got Oppenheimer killers of flower moon in there, but let's throw another one in there. It's got crazy Joaquin being Napoleon. It's Ridley Scott. It's huge battles. It looks amazing. I can't wait to see it. I hope it, I hope it slides in there at number 10. If it's not that one, I think it's going to be the Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. One of those two. Okay. We had two different. And so I'll just read my list real quick. Cause you, you will tell which two are different. Oppenheimer okay. Barbie. And we were just going down our, each other's list. Oppenheimer, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Holdovers. And then my number five was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Then Air. Then The Color Purple. Then Maestro. Then American Fiction. Then um, Napoleon. Awesome. So the two we have different. You have um, Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Across it, the Spider-Verse. So talk about that a little bit, Gabe, because I haven't even seen it yet. Well... It's a long, it's a long animated movie. It's kind of hard to watch with a kid, which, you know, but both of my kids love it. Like I didn't, couldn't tell if they even really liked it because, you know, kids have to bounce around during the, during the theater, but the animation is even newer than the first Spider-Verse. Like it's, it's kind of, it's similar. It's exactly, I mean, it's the same, but better, which is insane because that animation was so cool. The soundtrack is good. Story's good. And it, I don't want to say that. Well, I think everybody knows it's a to be continued. So it's like, like, I mean, for it to be that good is phenomenal. So, um, I'd love to, I'd love to see it, you know, it nominated, but I think it will for sure win best, uh, animated picture. So I'd like to see some of those start getting into the top. Um, and then air, which, like I think me and you've we've we've done an episode on this, but all all I'll say is it doesn't have any right to be as good as it is. It's a, about a sneaker deal between uh, athlete's mom and uh, and an agent, and but I enjoy it so much. I've watched it again. I've watched it twice. It, I I like it both times. The acting's great. It's a it's a very good movie. So I think it deserves to be in there. My one that I was like teeter tottering on was Past Lives. I've heard a lot of good mm, things about right. it. Yep. And that was the one I was thinking about bumping in and out of there. But I was more excited about uh, Napoleon. So That's kind of how I was, Gabe. You know, those are great additions. I, I could see any of those being nominated, honestly. Past Lives, Air, or Spider-Verse. And Air, you're exactly right. It It's better than it deserves any right to be. It's one of the best movies of the year. It's just fun. And I think it's definitely going to be in the running whether it's for best picture, uh, best supporting actor, best actor, I think there's going to be several possibilities there. Which movie are more people going to be talking about after the year? I think a lot more people are talking about Air. People that I don't don't normally watch movies watched Air and really liked it, like in my office and asked me, you know, because they know I'm the movie guy. But um, you know, so it's like I, I kind of hope it's nominated because I think it will mm-hmm. be a remembered movie. I agree. I agree. hundred percent. It's just like what you said with Barbie. It will be a remembered movie for sure. A cultural, like iconic film. So please nominate it for best picture. Yeah. And it's like Amazon did a great thing of releasing in theaters. It was a hit in theaters and then it was on their service and it's a hit there. That's how you do it. Streamers. You can do both things. Yes. 
and then your spider verse selection is also really good that was the one i really struggled with because i think it has a it's going to have a really sizable fan base and I, I really feel like i made a major mistake by going seeing transformers over spider verse well, I had to take that was one of the double whammies where I had to take my kids and I wanted to see it. Yeah, like that's a rare that rarely happens. You're wanting to see. I don't know. I love kids movies. Who am I what about with? Wish? Are you excited to see that? I don't even know what that is. What's Wish? Well, you're seeing it. In Thanksgiving. It's the new Disney movie over Thanksgiving break. I mean, it looks fine. Man, I'm sure I'm You'll kind of excited it. about it. I'm excited it, about it. <laughs> it, I had to it say, Disney, fine, but... Disney Studios, Studios is doing really good compared to Pixar, in my opinion, lately. Yeah, Pixar has been struggling. I don't know if you saw Eternals. I haven't seen it yet. Or is it? Is it Eternals? Elementals. Elementals. Yeah, I don't even know what it's called. Elemental. But yes, um, I have seen it, and I, of course, I've seen it, and I, I think it's their <laughs> best one they've done in a while. That's good, at least. So maybe they're on the upswing. They, uh, I do think it's their best one, but it's not up on par with normal. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Gabe, that's a great list, and, and I'm really excited to kind of see where we're at. You know, when the actual nominations come out, I think we're gonna be, I think we're gonna get a lot right. So, what really are our do. two like... differences again? Air, Spider Verse, yeah. and you had instead. What were your so, two? No, I had Poor Things, and Zone of Interest. Zone of Interest. Okay. And the rest were all the same. I think so. I think that's right. Yeah, the holdovers. Yep, we're all the same. Color Purple, Maestro, American Fiction. Which, I'm glad we both have that on there. Because that's the only one. Like, I hadn't, I had seen the trailer that I thought I'd really like. That was kind of artsy-fartsy looking. Right. Well, that one in Maestro, I feel like, looks really good, too. Maestro does look artsy, but it, like, just kind of a very... I can't. Yeah, it's, it's got Bradley Cooper in it. I can't. It's Bradley not, Cooper. I can't not. I can't picture it artsy, but probably will be. Uh, well, I think he's got a very well. Even though it's kind of about an artsy subject, I think he's got a real cinematic touch to him. He's got a okay. real like verb with. I think he's a born filmmaker. I think he's going to make it like enjoyable, but I'll, I'll tell you after I watch it. Right, which will be soon. And hey, we're right here in the in the thick of things. So. Gabe, the last thing I want to do, unless you had anything else, I just want to ask no. you, are there any other categories like of the nominees that you're like really excited about? Like, I want to talk about this one real quick or that one. There is one that I want to talk about, but I want to see if you had any. No, I just, uh, I hope um, Chris Nolan wins Best Actor, Best or Best Director, Best Picture. Um, I wish Mission Impossible would get some sort of acclaim or and John Wick 4. Like, I really wish those movies would get something for... I think John Wick 4 should get something for that action sequence. I don't know what he, what it could get. Um, but, uh, technical... Well, here's the thing, Gabe. Mission Impossible doesn't need anything. It's already changing, you know, politics. It's changing laws. Oh, yes. It's gifted the world. Like, we don't have, we don't have to gift things that gift us back. <laughs> What about that's the that's the American way right there. Movies, they still have the power to change things. Yeah. Okay, so you all right, so you feel pretty good about your list. The one category I want to talk about briefly because we've already kind of talked about it, but I just find it like this is such a heavy hitter. What so what do you think is gonna happen with best supporting actor? Because how I'm looking at it right now is you got a loaded list. You've got 
you know, we got Ken, Ken Ryan Gosling. You've got um, you've got Robert Downey Jr. Yep, you got Robert Downey. You got Robert De Niro from Killers of the Flower Moon. Yep. You got Mark Ruffalo from Poor Things, who I'm hearing gives like a crazy outside performance. Love Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, he's good. And then there's tons of other actors that also may be in the running. I'm hearing William the, Defoe may get what it. About the guy in Air, um, who would be the supporting actor though in Air? Would it be Ben Affleck? Uh, yeah, yeah. There, I feel like Ben Affleck, there's a lot of possibilities here. Let me just look at my list here and see some other options. Jesse Plemons from Killers of the Flower Moon. You got Matt Damon from Oppenheimer. Oh, who they actually have on here, Gabe, is Chris Messina from Air. Chris That's Messina from Air. Maybe the kid from the holdovers will be really good. I don't know. Let's see. Do they have holdovers? Yep. They have the kid from him. I think actually on the list, it's actually called the kid from holdovers. Yeah, that's what his name, that's what so his that's name is. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> There's, he was named for the movie. Yeah, kid from holdovers. There's Glenn Howerton from Blackberry. And he, so great list, but how are you feeling? Basically, let's be honest here. It's Ken versus Robert Downey Jr. Uh, this is when we're going to get this. T Man, that's a great question. This is when we're finally going to get. What everybody wants. First, they combine Barbie and Oppenheimer, Barbenheimer, but now we get to see Barbie battle Oppenheimer. Yes, and this, this is, is like their wanting. big battle royale. This is Barbie Barbenheimer two. It's like Barbenheimer mania or something. I don't know what they would call it, but I'm everybody's going to be excited for this one. Yeah, and I feel like no, I think you're exactly right. And I feel like everybody's kind of going to be in their camps. Like, who are you rooting for? And it's going to get ugly, I think. Not like, I don't <laughs> no, know. I think get, there will be fist fights. I think Robert Downey Jr. and Ryan Gosling there will be divorces. Fight. Who Kids. would win? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be ugly. America's going to be very divided. It may I be mean, what the, breaks this. These are like two of our most popular. You got Iron Man, which, I mean, Marvel <laughs> has essentially died since Marvel Man died. So they're obviously going to have to bring him back. Can you imagine the type of money they're going to have to pay him to bring him back to the Marvel, which will absolutely happen? Yes. I mean, uh, we're talking. No, I can't. No, I personally can't. But I'm 90% convinced that he owns that actual mansion on the cliff in uh, Iron Man that he lives in over the sea. Like, I'm 90% convinced that that's actually Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> what about, do you think he's actually Iron Man? Probably. Like that I don't, cool. I don't know if we have that capability, but if we do, he probably owns he's it. it. He's like, so, it's like he's like a uh, Richard Brand like owner. You know, he doesn't really go to space, but he does. He has that suit. He has it's, it right, and he could if he wanted to. Yeah. So you got Iron Man versus Ryan, Ryan Gosling. You have Ken, who he's an icon now. I mean, that character is like iconic. So. I don't know. I'm just excited for that race. And I don't know which, who I even want to win. I love both characters. I love both actors. I don't uh, know. That's just going to, that's the race for me that I really want excited about. I think the, I was, if I talked about anything, I was going to talk about the best actor, best actress race, because I think there's some really yeah, good. Talk. What you got? Like, I mean, well, you've got the, uh, the lead, lead actor. I always forget what his name is in Oppenheimer. Oh, Kelly uh, Murphy. Yeah. Kelly Murphy. Scarecrow, aka, um, and then you've got um, you've got the holdovers, Paul Giamatti. He's going to be amazing. You've got Leo, who yep. will probably be up for his He'll and be up. lose for like again. Lose. Yep. But I mean, you Bradley might even Cooper? have like 
Ben Affleck. You could have all kinds of people in that in that camp. And you know, for best actress, you've got. Uh, I, I'm not kidding you. Like, I think Jennifer Lawrence in No Hard Feelings deserves the be- best actress nod. She won't get it because there's a lot of good actresses this year. But looking at the list, Gabe, I, I'm not seeing Jennifer Lawrence on it. I, I know it is not going to happen. <laughs> this is the game right now. It's like Romano is pretty good in Somewhere in Queens. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But it, just like, I, and I know, Tommy, you, you might not have agreed with anything I just said, but I, I would like to see both of those things in all seriousness. But uh, you will agree with me on this. Jonathan is not going to get nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor. And he deserves it. That's a crime. That's a crime. (laughs) If Jonathan from, if anybody has not seen Dungeons and Dragons, watch it. Then you'll understand the joke we're making because it's like the opening sequence. And it's a crime. And honestly, if Jonathan is not nominated from from it, it, the Oscars should be shut down. I mean, it would be shut it down. I'll tell you which supporting actor I'm going to remember from this year. And that is Jonathan. That is Jonathan. I wish he was here right now. It sure as hell would make this episode better. I know that. What What about, all right, final thing, Gabe. I know you mentioned Best Actress, right? So here's who I'm seeing Best Actress. I've got Annette Banning from Niad, which does look good. It's like the swimming yeah. movie uh, that's going to be on Netflix soon. It's, Emma Stone from Poor Things. It? it might be. It, I think I saw or it. Or no, like, I, it was either coming soon or it was on. I couldn't remember. Yeah, it's one of those. But I haven't um, watched it yet. I watched the trailer. Margot Robbie from Barbie. Yeah. Lily Gladstone from Killers of the Flower Moon, Moon and Carrie Ke- Mulligan from Maestro. Yeah, that's a that's a that's stacked list. Going to be some some good competition there. I don't think there's going to be that good a competition in the animated animated films this year. Because Let's I do see. think Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is just going to run all over everything. But I hope Mario does get nominated. That would just because I think that that'll that I mean, that was a two million dollar, two billion dollar movie. I think it needs to be recognized for that. Yeah, here's who they have the the list I'm looking at: Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, Elemental, yeah. Element. It is actually a good animated year. I just think Spider Man yeah. Across the Spider Verse is so much better because Elemental and then Turn It Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right, that's the other ones they have. They have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Super Mario Brothers, both as possibilities. They also have the Boy and the Heron. As oh, a gosh. as a nominee, so we don't need our Oscar bait in our in our kids' movies. Yeah, nobody's seen, seen the boy in the heron. No, that I've not seen that, but it is from the great Japanese director. Uh, I think it's Miyazuku who does who's done like. Uh, oh, is it, is it Japanese animation? Yeah, it did look pretty interesting. Look pretty oh, good. Well, I do. I I, I take back everything. I've <laughs> like, like, Japanese animation. It, like, it is literally weird. anything, even that. One about the little people that lived in your sock drawer. Like I went back and watched that one here recently. So yeah, I don't know what that one is, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> whenever we get to the point of talking about uh, animated films, little boys in the sock drawers, I got uh, maybe it is. All right, maybe it's time to go. Maybe no. it's time to, for us to conclude this. No, but kidding. I will say that's going to be a fun category. But I think you're right. Game yeah. Spider Verse is is got that one for sure. So. Yeah, I think it's well, okay. I think this is a good way to wrap it up, real quick. I think that we've talked about a lot of movies, and what talking all this through confirms what I felt, which I think this is going to be a really good Oscar year. Can I ask you one? I do have one question for you. 
do you think because Oppenheimer is so technical too, do you think Oppenheimer could win the most awards ever for a movie because it could be up for best picture in a lot of right. the technical awards and sound? It's going to be interesting. I think it depends on a couple things. I think you're right. It's going to be nominated for like every technical award. And I think it will get one of the biggest nominee counts, which is like 13, 14, 15. It's in that range. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what's like the most nominees, but I'm pretty sure it's like 13 or 14. What's the most wins? Do you know? I think it's like 13 or 14 right around there. It's like the movies like Return of the King, Ben-Hur, Titan. It's those movies that they used to do like where they would just give them everything. Yeah. Like, here's, we don't even want to try to like do different ones. Let's just give you every win. I remember Return of the King. It just felt that way. It it, it was 13 for 13, I think. It was yeah. crazy. But I think you're right, Gabe. I think it's going to depend on a couple things. First, can Emily Blunt get in Best Supporting Actress, which she might be able to? Can it get a Best Screenplay? Which She's I think just not in the movie enough, I don't think. She's, she's not, really good in the role, but she's not in it enough. Right. Not in the movie ton, but I think she's very well liked in Hollywood and the Academy. She's never been nominated. And it's like, it's kind of going to be her like, yeah, you need one by now. Yeah, I do like Emily Blunt, and I would say that, but I, I don't feel like she deserves it for this one. I don't yeah, know. I mean, maybe not. You're probably right I mean, there. she's not in it enough. Like, right. She's she is one of my favorite actresses, but I would hate to just give the nod to her. But maybe but it'll happen. She does have the she kind of own not owns, but she has her great set pieces at the end of the movie. Like she kind of like she has the great interrogation scene, like in the last thirty minutes. Which like when people watch it, that's kind of what they leave away with. So I think that helps a little bit too. Yeah, that does add to it. But but. Uh, but other than that, what does she do besides like the scene at the house with the clothes? She says, and, bring in the sheets. Yeah. That's a great sequence. Bring in those sheets. Bring what, in the sheets. <laughs> well, no, so that's going to be interesting. So I think it's very possible, Gabe, but I think that's going to be something to, to really pay attention to. Yeah, uh, I agree. And so uh, as we kind of did this exercise, you know, I kind of gave my thought. What are your thoughts as we went through that? How are you feeling about the Oscars this year? Better than when the day started, because I, I was like, this has not been that good of a year in film. But I was just thinking of that, like there hasn't been a lot of Oscar for the Oscars. But then I was like, well, no, maybe this is good for the Oscars, because this a lot of really fun, good films will probably be nominated this year or if they do it right. Yeah, as long as they do it right and just nominate exactly what we said, everything will go great. A, I hope Napoleon's good, and then B, I hope it slides in. I do too. I, I can't wait for that movie. I think it, both of those things would make would make my day. So I think those those are uh, great opinions there, Gabe. Well, I think and, I think and, we did this. Yeah, you know, one other thing is I'm really sad too, and I I wanted to talk about this that Dune didn't make it into this year because I think that I oh, think that yeah. Oppenheimer it will get, could win a, you know the most awards and all those technical awards just because dune isn't in it but i think if right. dune was in it this year there would be no chance that's such a good point gabe and i actually meant to bring that up when we were talking about the sag award or like the sag strike yeah because that's the reason it was delayed was the sag strike because yeah. the actors couldn't act, like publicize it and you're exactly right i think dune 2 i think it's going to be incredible and it could have been a heavy Oscar contender too. Yeah, the first and one it, got 
like 10 nominees. But it probably would have hurt Oppenheimer because it would have been a lot of crossover, I have right. a feeling. You're exactly right. This is kind of the same voting base. Maybe Oppenheimer like. did this to Dune. Nolan was like, here, I need you to push They it back. went to the Screen Actors Guild. They orchestrated this whole thing. It, but I like Chris Nolan. He wouldn't do, do such a well, thing. Well, from my understanding, Nolan and Villanova are, are pretty tight. Like they, because uh, I've read that, they kind of do screens of their own movies. They like, so they're pretty close. So maybe it was kind of a. Uh, oh, maybe it was a have. poker deal. Like right. they were like, all right, whoever wins this hand gets to put their movie out this year, and the ne- <laughs> other one has to put it out next year. But Villanueva was like, I just got to have more time to edit. I, I'm not finished yet. Warner yeah, Brothers. Villanueva took that time. He probably he probably blew his hand on purpose. And it's it's a really interesting call game because I think you're right. Like. If Dune 2 is as good as we think it will be, and then you had Oppenheimer, and you had Killers of the Flower Moon, they all kind of had the same voting base, which are kind of like you and me. I kind of call them the classic, epic Oscar voters. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie, the one people that, like, got Braveheart the win. Yeah. The Lord yeah. of the Rings win. So I think they all would have split the vote, and all of them would have been weaker. But by doing it this way, it strengthens Oppenheimer's hand. You're exactly right there. Yeah, for the whole thing, for all of it. Yeah, yeah. great call. And I, and I was that, you know, at, at a very young age, I was that guy that got Braveheart through. And, you know, you're welcome. Yeah, you, you're there. You're, you're voting for Braveheart. I was there for Lord of, Return of the King as well. It's, the, you know, little people can do things sometimes. Well, I hope that this is going to help push our favorite movies over the top then. Real talk, we're here to help too. Gabe, this was a lot of fun, man. Did you have anything else to add about our Oscar kickoff season? No. Last last prediction, uh, Paul Giamatti, best actor, uh, will win and should win. Wait, now you're saying he's going to win? I'm saying he's going to win. I haven't even seen it. I can Dang. tell from the. I can tell from you the. Can't trailer. just throw that in the last ep- last thing of the episode. I, I, I like these bold predictions. Man, I can, bold. Sometimes you can just tell from a trailer. How grumpy is he going to be in this movie? So grumpy. If he was on this call, he would have already hung up. He, he would have grumpy. hated this episode. He would have hung up in twenty minutes. No, like ten minutes. How grumpy? But at the end of the movie, how lovable will he be? Oh, you'll want to cuddle him like a pillow. You'll want a sequel of just him. <laughs> He's going to be so grumpy in the beginning, but so lovable by the end. <laughs> Just like this episode. People were not happy with us. Actually, it's kind of the reverse. They're, not, they're still not happy with us. They're actually angry at us by now. They were, they were hoping we would have signed off of the podcast 20 minutes ago when we started to. Uh, yeah, I've been trying, but Gabe, Gabe keeps sneaking in some good stuff. He's got his, his good stuff at the end. I like it. Well, all right, Gabe, I'll, do, I'll say to you, anything else you want to add? I think this was a lot of fun. I'm glad we could do it. Yeah, no, guys, uh, it's Oscar season. Go out there and watch all the Oscar movies that come out. I can't wait to start getting our screeners because uh, there's a lot of big ones that I do want to see. And um, thank you to the Oscars for sending me the or the uh, the studios, studios. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sending me those because they literally saved my life when we had a tornado and I didn't have cable for two months. I I watched all those, so I'm looking. For, it made a tradition. The tornado right. actually made a film tradition for me because I started watching all those because it's all I could watch. And now, like, I look forward to this time of the season. So this is this is when it's fun to be a film fan. 
Absolutely. That's well said, Gabe. This is a great time of year. Everybody that's listening, go out there, support these movies that we've talked about. You know, the holdovers comes out this weekend. If it's close to you, if not, you know, wait till it streams and then, you know, do it that way. But there's a lot of good movies coming out over the next two months and a lot of good movies to catch up on. Hopefully this gives you some movies to, you know, think about that are coming out soon and catch back up. If you haven't watched them yet, Gabe and I will be back with our Oscar full team in the coming months ahead, ready to talk more Oscars. We're really excited for this Oscar season. We appreciate you all always joining us, participating. You know, we love the interaction that we have out there on our social medias, through Facebook, through our email, as we just talked about. And uh, we're excited to come back with uh, some more special episodes before the end of the year. Yeah, I think our next episode is a Halloween episode. So Halloween's not over yet. We're going to be doing a special Scarefest recap uh, with a Saw preview. So Halloween's not over. Please join us if you like spooky stuff for the next episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said, Gabe. And so for us, that's a wrap.